Welcome to Enterprise Minnesota's discussion on the power of ISO 9001-2015. I'm John Connolly, and as Director of Consulting, I am very excited about the advantages of upgrading to the 2015 standard. With me are two of my colleagues. David Alquist has spent the last 20 years working directly with medium-sized and smaller manufacturers, and his strength and experience in quality systems is based in a deep understanding of lean, continuous improvement, and product development. Tim Bjorgum has a ton of experience as a manufacturing executive, and that perspective, his commitment to organizational effectiveness, his deep and thorough understanding of problem solving is what really provides the basis of Tim's ability to implement quality management systems. David, Tim, thanks for joining me. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting a little bit about uh, ISO 2015. I, the, following the magazine effort about compliance to performance, I just it sharpens up for me. There's so many questions out there about ISO, and I'm, I'm eager to get some of your perspective. So let me start off with, uh, first of all, misconceptions about ISO and, and 2015. Uh, thoughts you have about what is like 2008? The neat evolution of uh, ISO 9001-2015 is it's less prescriptive. Uh, people think in terms of ISO of what I have to do. ISO has subtly turned itself upside down to talking about what you need to do to run your business well, and it gives you the flexibility, the adaptability to come up with a system that's tailored for your particular industry and your particular customers. Tim, how about you? Thoughts about? Well, I, I think the ISO standard as a whole, uh, people look at it as a quality system and maybe pigeonhole it too much into just quality products for our customer when it's really a quality business management system. How do we, like David said, how do we do a better job of uh, improving our processes so that it's easier for our, our uh, employees to do the right thing at the right time, keep our costs down, but meet the customer's expectations of, of quality and delivery. Mm -hmm. So um, people tie into it's a quality thing and it's really a business thing. We need people to understand that, especially with 2015 now. Mm -hmm. Well, that probably gives us a nice lead in to, to going back to the, uh, the title that we've been thinking about broadly is, is the comparison between being compliant to the standard system and actually affecting the performance of the organization. David, I know this is a, a piece that you're very passionate about. Expand on it a little bit. People a lot of times think about ISO as what's required in terms of documentation, what procedures have to be written down, what do we have to do, what do we have to record, what forms do we have to fill out. You know, a lot of companies have a perspective with their quality systems is that we have to have procedures written down, we have to fill out forms, we have to have records, we have to document, have to have documents. And while certainly important, uh, ISO 9001-2015 asks you to think about how well are your processes, how well are your operations performing. So instead of saying, are we following the rules, do we have the right information written down, ISO asks you to take a step back now and ask how well those procedures are working for your company, how well your processes are performing. How do you know if things are getting better and improving and the customer is becoming more satisfied? It asks you to take a 
performance perspective instead of strictly do we have the right forms filled out, do we have the right procedures in place. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in some of the conversations that you have with clients too where you're you're staying focused on what is your business need is, is the basis of your discovery as you start to think about how things fit. Tim, do you share that perspective? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, you get that, well, what does ISO say we're supposed to do? And with tw the 2015 center, I think it's now in what, we, what we've done in the past is really say, let's talk about your current process. How is it working for you? How could we make it better? Um, and how do you know it's effective? And, and you have those business discussions about, let's just make this process better. And then, then we can turn it over and look at the ISO system and say, how does it fit in? If we've got a good, strong process and, and we can show that it's effective, it's gonna fit the 2015 standard. And um, the reality is you have a better, better running system overall. And it's not, what does ISO do or what does ISO want me to do? It's what's best for my business, um, how can we perform better and how can we have a better output and outcome on the other side? So if you kind of set the ISO uh, standard to the side and just focus on the business, making the business perform better, you're going to have a good strong system and you'll be compliant to ISO. Mm -hmm. Great. So there really is a broad reflection on the entire organization versus the quality system. Because I know in the past we've lamented a little bit about the role of the quality manager or the designated management mm -hmm. representative, and now we're talking about the business. Am I looking at that right, Tim? Yeah, yes. I, it, it, in the past, it was emphasis on, usually it was the quality manager, quality assurance manager of running a system. Uh, the, 20, the 2015 standard is basically saying this is your business system, so we need to start with uh, the leadership, the, the top level management. What's your vision? And then once you've defined that vision, then let's start to look at objectives and goals that we can measure that can help us achieve that vision. And it becomes more of a company-wide business system. Mm -hmm. um, David talked about the process approach. Then you have the process owners being responsible for their process and not a quality guy saying, here's what you got to do. So it, it, it makes everybody... Uh, more involved in the system, it becomes more of a company-wide ownership than one person pushing it. Um, I think it's beneficial for everyone. Mm -hmm. So companies are going to pursue this looking at the whole company. David, how does that affect implementation? I got to think that if we looked back in history, the quality system and the quality department was the focus. Now the whole organization is the focus. I'm curious about what your thoughts are about where are the challenges in successfully implementing a management system today versus what was narrowly a quality system in the past? What has changed is ISO being more prescriptive in the past had the required procedures, the required forms you needed to have in place. And with the new system, as Tim mentioned, we need to think about how our processes are performing, but the system asks what do we need to effectively run our company and what are the key processes? So we're not looking just from the quality perspective and operations, but if we look across the company like management, human resources, purchasing, uh, operations and production certainly, and then some of the roles of the quality department, but we talk about how they all work together. In fact, ISO has felt so strongly about this, they've changed it from what's 
uh, management required to do to what leadership is required to do. They want to have a leadership perspective in the organization reflected in the quality system, the procedures, and throughout the entire organization. John, I think the other aspect of this that the, the new standard, the 2015 standard talks about too, is, is having the company uh, look at the context of the organization. And, and essentially what that says is let's, let's step back, let's understand internally how we're doing, what our strengths and weaknesses are, and externally what are threats and opportunities. It gets, you, it gets the company to look a little bit more broad-based and uh, um, uh, be more honest with themselves about uh, either side of it, internally or externally. And then the company says, okay, now that you understand your strengths and weaknesses or opportunities and threats, what are the risks inherent in that? How are you going to mitigate that? And what opportunities do you see there? And how are you going to capitalize mm -hmm. on that? So it gets the, the leadership to think more broadly and maybe more formally. Um, I would say that in most companies, the smaller to mid-sized companies, the president probably has it in his, in his mind what he wants to do and where he wants to go, but it may not be organizational in, in manner. And I think that having everybody in the company start to talk about that, or definitely the leadership and the process owners, they all see get a better perspective of how the company performs and how their aspect of it, their process supports that and mm -hmm. it supports the vision and the goals. So. Um, I think it's going to get more people involved. It's going to get that thought process out of the the owner's head and into everybody else's, so they can work together as a as a team um, to help achieve that vision and those goals. Mm -hmm. You know, so as I think about that, I mean, one of the challenges is we're talking organization wide. One of the benefits is we're going to look for organizational performance, um, and I, I'm also thinking about um, ISO 2015 fitting better and better to, to many organizations because it's about that business versus what the standard dictates. I mean, part of what you guys have talked about before is um, there shouldn't be a place where we say ISO makes us do this. That just shouldn't apply. Now, if I flip the coin over, the other piece is within all of that flexibility for ISO 2015, where are the challenges in putting it in place? If it was beneficial to have a checklist to know exactly what I had to put in place, are there challenges that, that to 2015 that that, uh, uh, that we have to think about, that we have to manage through? I, I, I think that um, if you've been involved in ISO for quite a few years or even more so than that, it's um, setting aside that this standard doesn't require that you have specific uh, procedures mm. and um, uh, I think if you've been at it for a while you're a little bit lost to say well wait a minute what do you mean I don't have a required procedure well, what should I do and, and um, what works what doesn't work and again I think we go back to okay the 2008 standard was a good standard um, they required certain procedures now really take a look at that procedure and say did it benefit you or did it not mm -hmm. if you didn't see it benefit you then then take it out of your system mm -hmm. if it did benefit you then keep it in and mm -hmm. utilize it um, to help you become a better company so I, I think the challenges with uh, the old-time quality assurance managers or, or uh, quality control managers is uh, you you had you gave me a safety net before. I knew exactly 
how this was supposed to be. You just took it out from underneath me, and I don't feel comfortable with mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm running into that with one of my clients now where the quality assurance manager has been at this for years, and, and that's his biggest fear is, well, well, what if I don't have a procedure, what do we got to do here? And his, his, uh, his thought process is, well, then uh, we should have procedures. Everybody should have a procedure of this and a procedure of that, and we, we need to have all this paperwork, this documentation. And, and we're trying to stop him and say, well, ask them, ask the process owner, how is this valuable to that process? And how does it help that process move forward? If it doesn't, then you don't need the procedure. Certainly there's good procedures that you had from the 2008 standard, keep those because they are beneficial to the, to the organization. But don't try to ram other procedures down somebody's throat just because you feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the benefits that we're hitting on is, is that the ISO 2015 is gonna pay attention to our business specifically. And one of the challenges that comes with that is we're gonna to have to be thoughtful about what our business is and does in order to put the system in place around it. Yeah, I, I think the standard, as I read it, was they've broadened it up so it, it's not specifically to manufacturing, mm-hmm. that any company now could become ISO um, 2015 certified because they don't have to worry about all these procedures that were aimed at manufacturing. Yeah. Now it's how do I make my business a better running business? And um, it doesn't matter if you're manufacturing or if you're a distribu- distri- distribution or medical or whatever, how do I have a better running business? Neat. Neat. So David, I'm curious about your thoughts here because uh, a big part of what Tim's talking about is the additional benefits uh, that an organization is going to feel in that flexibility. Are there are there additional requirements or expectations within 2015 over that, that weren't in 2008? Are there other uh, considerations that we didn't have to think about before? There are certainly some new areas. Uh, risks and opportunities are one of the forefront areas. Uh, again, being less prescriptive, ISO doesn't say what, how you have to manage risks or what risks you need to manage, but it wants you to sit down and think about where, what you should pay attention to and where you might run into problems mm-hmm. if you don't pay attention to it. And this could be a challenge for some companies because they know in their gut if they need to pay attention to something, but quantifying it or explaining it to others could be a challenge. So the companies need to sit down and think about a process. How well is the process working currently, but also where where can it be derailed? What could happen that's going to affect our cost or on-time delivery, our ability to meet the customer's needs? So companies need to think a little differently about what they're typically doing informally and make sure that it's they're sharing best practices across the organization. Another area that's uh, challenging for companies as well is new standard recognizes what they're calling institutional knowledge, uh, expertise, experience, ways of doing business that they've built their company around but they're not necessarily written down or captured. And these can be captured in documents, but usually it's more about experience and the culture that's within a company. And ISO doesn't tell you how you have to do this, but they ask you to think about that. Mm. Do you have to worry about your expertise walking out the door? Do you have to worry about information being lost? Do you have to worry about uh, things employees can only learn from experience by going through something for a number of years to get a feel for a part of the business? They actually just, they ask you to take it into account this and make it part of your training, 
your authorities and responsibility plan and keep it in the thought process when you build a new process and try and get new employees on board and build your company. So, it, you know, if we looked back into history, uh, the simple answer for organizational knowledge was probably just general training. What you're describing is thinking a lot more comprehensively than just training, because now you're into skills, you're into uh, an understanding of objectives and what's going to uh, satisfy those objectives, and you're also thinking about succession. Um, how is the system going to carry on beyond one person's individual abilities? Am I getting that right? I think you are. The uh, Again, as Tim started off with, the uh, effective processes, what do we need? Well, we have to have the right people. We have to have the right experience, the right training, but they also have the, have the right tools, the right information given to them, and then also the right equipment so they can do their job properly. And ISCO asks that you think about all those pieces and how they come together and how you put the right person in the right job with the right tools to have an effective process. Interesting. So we've got a system that is less restrictive, more flexible, probably more challenging at the same time, that thinks about people and what they know and the skills that they have, and asks the business to be clear about where it's headed in order to make sure that the, the system, the management system, is supporting that, that direction. You mentioned the risk piece. Tim, I'm curious, your thoughts about risk and where it fits into 2015. I would say that, you know, again, informally, I think most businesses are there. And it's usually the, the owner or the president or whatever has those thoughts in their mind. Um, um, how real they are, I don't know. If they're not talking with the, with the top-level management or leadership of that company, they may be either overplaying it or underplaying it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I think the other side of it is to start to drive it down. You know, uh, what's what's the risk if this process isn't running well? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, every process in a company is established basically to eliminate the risk. You know, you do contract review to make sure that, that you understand what the customer wants from you, that you can perform to it, and then you can meet their expectations. So you're mitigating risks right there by just reviewing their contract if it, if it is, or, or their PO, or whatever they might have. It's the same thing out in production. How do we how do we minimize the amount of scrap we have? How do we make sure that we've got all the, the right requirements that we're building, the proper uh, materials or products for our customer? Um, we're going to have either uh, procedures in place or, or uh, checklists or training or whatever it is that all mitigates the risk of doing it wrong. So it's there. Um, this again brings it up to a, a more formal level to say, uh, have we missed anything? Is there anything else out there that, that could go wrong? Mm -hmm. And um, let's talk about it. And the other side of it is that opportunity. Well, you know, here's a better way to do things. Let's take advantage of that and let's make it a better product or easier to perform uh, the tasks that we're doing so that the company can be more profitable too. So it goes both ways, I feel, with the risk and the opportunities there. That, that really helps me clarify that what the standard is trying to pursue because part of what I recognize is in order to have uh, a consideration of what risks are, I have to have an understanding of what my goals are so that I can think about what could keep me from achieving my goals. Exactly. And so it also seems to affect the, the um, 
the standards uh, expectation that management is so deeply involved because management's going to help us understand, leadership's going to help us understand what customers are we pursuing, what is it that we intend to bring them, what's the value that we intend to add. And then with those goals in mind, then we can start to consider what what obstacles will get in the way, what what risks will get in the way of being able to meet those goals. So I, I'm, I'm really feeling the, the, uh, the importance of the management role in 2015 that I don't know that I saw as much of in prior versions. Your impression, David? You hit the nail on the head, John. A great way to pursue that conversation is to go to a department manager and ask them what they worry about, mm -hmm. what keeps them up at night. And then you ask the follow-up question, well, do you have the proper systems in place and controls so you can, that they're appropriately managed and that you can sleep at night? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, we should pursue that risk and talk about it more. If it's not an issue for the company, we probably won't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. This is intriguing because I, when I think about uh, what the um, broad understanding of, of quality systems would be from companies that don't have them in place yet, they probably think of policies, procedures, work instructions predominantly. And what you're both sharing with me is that we have to go back to the business and look at what's it intending to do, where's it headed, so that we build a system that prevents risks. And in, in that system that prevents risks, that's why we have policies and procedures and work instructions and other uh, systems. And then we add in the internal auditing efforts to consciously um, confirm that, that we are functioning, that we're effective, and that we're sustaining uh, our intended um, policies, procedures, work instructions. Tim, I, auditing, is, does it fit in, in that loop? Is that part of what we're trying to tie together? Yeah, the, the whole system is, is based on a plan, do, check, act, and, and auditing is that check part of it is we're, we're planning our, our process again we've got our vision we got our goals we've uh, implemented our, our processes in our different uh, uh, areas and now we got to come back and say how well is it working and that internal auditing is going to help us to say you know this is did we get the intended uh, uh, consequences that we wanted yes we did great let's move forward with it no it's not really getting it's not effective as we thought it would be so what kind of changes do we need to make I think um, you know a, a key component of auditing is we're, we're, we're not auditing the people we're auditing the process and um, I think one of the best questions as an auditor is to say you know how well is this process working for you you know how can we make it better and, and usually that might be the last question you ask that, that employee, but tell me, how can you make it better? How can you make it easier for you to do your job? What's missing here? Do you, David talked about, do you have the right information? Do you have the right supplies, the tools, the materials, everything you need to do it right the first time? And auditing is gonna help surface that stuff and um, help us improve on the process. So a company that does the internal audits well is gonna be a better run company. Mm -hmm. That information then goes back to the leadership, to the management in, in a management review to say, here's how we're doing, how can we do better? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it does, it's a plan to check act, you know, and, and you keep looking at it, the auditing is that check part, and then you act on that and then you start all over again. One thing the companies need to remember is that uh, for an internal auditor to go out 
it's important that they check that the procedures are being followed and forms are being filled out. They're following the rules, but that's just one part of what we ask an auditor to do. If they're not following a procedure or not using a required form, we ask why. Do we have poor training? Do we have a bad procedure? Do we have bad management in the area? Or do we need a different process in place to get the intended results out? And then we want to take a step further too, where we ask, are we getting the performance out of that process that we want? Is it an effective process? Is it working well for the company? So following the rules is one part of it, but do we have effective procedures and effective processes in place is what we really want to make sure the internal auditors pay attention to. And then those can be led right into corrective actions, which are brought back to management review to make the company better and more responsive. The internal auditors are gonna be the eyes and ears for the leadership team. Excellent. So as we wrap up our conversation, I'm, I'm interested in some advice uh, for companies and, and I'm interested in two perspectives. Let's start with the first one is, are there key things that you would advise a business who's about to put a quality management system in place as they move toward ISO 2015? Is there a, um, things that you want them to pay attention to or an order to think about? What, what jumps off the top of your head, David, as a recommendation for a company about to put a system in place? Yeah, I'd like to piggyback on Tim's earlier comment is there's a lot of opportunities for going with an ISO system. It's a quality management system which can really help you run your business more effectively. But let's start with the perspective of what you need to run your company more better, more profitably, and to grow your business. Let's build a system that supports that. The new standard doesn't require any procedures. You get to decide what you need to best run your company. So start with that conversation is what do we need in this department to be profitable? What do we need to be successful in this company? How do we want to run our company? And then as Tim mentioned, we can turn that into an ISO compliance system. Tim, what do you think about a recommendation for a company that's about to try and put a system into place? I think they need to realize that the, the ISO standard, the 9001-2015 standard, is about best practices of world-class companies. So no matter what size you are, um, you get the benefit of that. And, and that's, to me, that's the evolution of, of the ISO standard, is how do we make it better? Um, what, what is a world-class or best practice of a world-class company? And, and I've seen it where we've, we've been working with 15 to 20 person companies where um, it could be their, their uh, um, MRP system or it could be a way that they track their quality and, and maintenance and that. Um, it, it's just it's a, the best way to do it and get the best results from it. So I, I, my recommendation is um, typically a company gets pushed into it by a customer and they have to understand that the customer wants them to be a well-run company. And if they just go at this to say, I just want my certification so I can do business with that customer, they're losing the best, best opportunities. You know, um, Kent talks about, um, do you see this as a return on investment or a cost? And we want it to be a return on investment. If you focus internally on how you're gonna improve your overall performance, you'll meet your customer's expectations and you'll probably exceed them too. So 
I, that's, I guess that's my, uh, my thought on that part there. I think that's fantastic. So if, a, if I boil that down or, or recapture that for, for my own perspective, in years past, somebody might have entered this and their first step might have been, I need to go learn the standard and understand what the, what the standard means and what it's asking for. Neither one of you are suggesting that's a starting point. You, you've got two focal points. David, you pointed out, I need to think long and hard about why I'm in business and, and what it is that I do and what I need to be doing to be successful. And Tim, you're pointing out that I've got to have, I've, I've got to look for best practices. That's the pieces that I want to capture. So the management system will be about helping me achieve my big, my organizational goals and to do it in a way where I'm, I'm as effective and as efficient as possible. That's really what's coming out of this, not meeting some checklist. Correct. Yes. Let's switch to a second recommendation. Let's think about a company that already has a sense of ISO. They're, they're already 2008 certified. And what kind of things should they be thinking about about moving forward to 2015? One of the things I've heard commented is that some prior upgrades of ISO could have been called clarifications. This one really, 2015, really is the basis of thinking quality management for the next 25 years. This is a foundational change in the way that that quality philosophy is and management philosophy is applied. So I'm, I'm curious about what advice you would suggest to somebody who's already got a 2008 frame of mind and they need to start thinking about a 2015 frame of mind. David, what do you think? With the opportunity to upgrade to 2015, I'm recommending the companies take a breath, take a step back, and ask how their quality management system is working for them. One of the dangers a lot of companies run into is over-documentation. We have a lot of procedures, we have a lot of forms. When in doubt, create another procedure, write it down. As you're upgrading to 2015, just step back and ask, much as Tim mentioned earlier, is this working for us? Is it adding value or is it just adding cost? And ISO gives you the flexibility where you can put in the appropriate procedures for your company so you can step back and ask, is ISO really working for us or vice versa? It's just strictly overhead. Let's build it into a system that helps us run our business as opposed to just adding cost. Tim, what do you think about somebody who's going to change from 2008 to 2015? I think they need to see the advantage of not having a so designated management representative, essentially not having one person run their quality management system. Um, it is going to be a team approach, starting with the leadership and working its way down. I think, you know, Greg Langfield made a good point of, you know, uh, do you trust, uh, as an owner, do you trust your quality management quality manager to tell you which way you want to go with your business. That's the way 2008 was kind of set up and how it was uh, interpreted. 2015 is, um, as a as an owner or leader, I'm going to set the vision, I'm going to set the goals and objectives, and then everybody in my company is going to work with me to help me achieve that. And they all have a voice in it too. So I think it, you know, it's going to take it from a person to a team. 
and and that's really you know company the the more teamwork the better they work together the better they understand it um, the better they're going to be able to achieve their goals I think one thing that we've missed here is is um, um, I think 2015 really pushes more communication also is um, like I said understanding the vision understand the goals and objectives but communicating that to everybody um, you know uh, we see that time again not just in ISO but in lean or, or skills development or whatever um, in most organizations we hear we don't we don't get enough communication and even the best companies that communicate well could communicate more I think 2015 is saying let's do a better job of communicating those goals um, those objectives our vision let's make it so everybody in the in the organization understands where we're headed so they can do a better job of helping us get there so communication I think is is going to be a, 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 a bigger component in 2015 than in past versions Wow so when we so coming back to somebody going from 2008 to 2015 David one of the things that you're you're pointing out is this is really an opportunity to look over your quality management system and make it that much more effective that much tighter that much more of a fit to my business by reviewing what I do and figuring out what's absolutely necessary since this since the 2015 version gives me a lot of flexibility on what I uh, the way that I construct the system and, and Tim I'm really taken by your point about um, 2015 does a, a ton to engage the organization it expects managers management leadership to provide a vision that we work toward um, it it requires us to think about um, performance and what uh, uh, obstacles are in the way of performance and we there's problem solving there's teams we get away from a quality manager focus and a quality department focus to an entire organization and that done well part of what you're recommending is is that it's an ongoing uh, communication of our philosophy to meet our objectives and to do a better job serving our client David Tim Thanks for sharing your perspective and your experience. This has been really helpful. To the audience, thank you for listening to this Enterprise Minnesota podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how your manufacturing business can become ISO 9001-2015 certified, or if you're just looking for a new perspective on how you can improve your processes and eliminate waste, please visit our website at enterpriseminnesota.org.